Awesome. Hey, well, once again, good morning, PCC. My name's JF, one of the pastors here, and uh, thanks for being here today. Uh, I'm so excited to continue our series on the life of Joshua. Joshua, strong and courageous. And we've been in this for a couple of months, actually. And the, the reason why, because it's just so packed full of great stuff, right? I mean, so much stuff is going on in this series. And so we're going to have one more. I was actually going to have today be the last one. But then Joshua at the very end, I don't want to give it away, but he kind of gives his farewell speech. And I was like, no, nah, we got we to look at that, right? So, so we'll end with that for sure, and then we'll start a brand new series. But I'm, I'm just uh, happy to be here today and looking forward to every... How, how awesome are those baptisms, by the way? I mean, I'm telling you. That's what it's all about, right? That's what it's all about. And uh, so really, really good stuff. Hey, real quick, and then we're going to get to the Word. At the end of this presentation, we're going to receive communion together. Uh, and so if you didn't get the communion elements, uh, don't worry. We'll get them to you towards the end, all right? But I want to make sure that you're able to participate with that. So we've been navigating uh, through the life of Joshua. We've talked about his training under Moses. We talked about the transition when Moses passed as Joshua now becomes the leader of Israel. We, we, we talked about uh, the crossing, crossing the Jordan. River. We talked about Jericho, the walls coming down, and, and the Israelites finally walking into the promised land. But it didn't stop right there because we talked about last week the, the, the battle of Ai and how God intervened there. And so I was even thinking this week, you know, I was reminded, and maybe you could attest to this today, that how many of you know that sometimes you got to go through some stuff to get to where God wants you to go, where He wants you to be? Sometimes uh, we don't like to talk about it, but sometimes we got to step into some battles of our own. Uh, and, and part of that is God uh, uh, allowing us to grow and, and going to where he wants us to go. That's, for a couple of minutes here, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Because here's the deal. As you continue on your spiritual journey, uh, you're going to realize that as you begin to experience all the Lord has for you, you're going to realize that Spiritual warfare is just part of it. Um, and that's what I want to talk about today. We're going to look at the next couple of chapters here in the book of Joshua, specifically chapters 9 and 10. And I want to unpack three basics of battle that we all need to understand. So we're going to be picking up in Joshua chapter 9. And to give you a little bit of context, I just mentioned it. Joshua and Israel, they've just won this great battle of Ai. And... Word spread fast. <laughs> How many of you know that as you go further into the things of the Lord, people tend to hear about it. <laughs> people begin to say, hey, what's going on with her? <laughs> hey, what's going on with him? And so let's look at the text, and we're going to talk about it. Joshua chapter 9, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. Now when all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things... The kings in the hill country, in the western foothills, and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as Lebanon, the kings of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, verse 2, what happened? They came together <laughs> to wage war against Joshua in Israel. So they form an alliance, if you will, uh, stronger with numbers, right? So here's the first 
of the three basics of battle that you need to understand as you continue on your spiritual journey, as you begin to really experience what God has for you. Number one is your advancement attracts attacks. Say it again. Your advancement, it just attracts attacks. Some of you are kind of nodding your head right now because you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you start to walk in what God has for you, you're going to begin to realize that there is an enemy of your soul and he does not want this. He doesn't want this for you. And he will use all kinds of things, all sorts of things, including people, to wage war against you. I can remember years ago, uh, our little family uh, moved into, our, uh, into, a, into a house. It was the first time we moved into an actual house. We were renting it. But I can remember just like this little house. We were so excited. And part of the reason why we were so excited, because our, our, our kids were pretty little at the time, but they had, there was a little backyard, you know what I mean? And, and, and there was like, a, like a, uh, a little playhouse and swings. I mean, like, we didn't even really care what was in the inside. We were just like, we're going to be out there all the time, right? It was awesome. But the thing about this house was is that it had been sitting for quite a while. And so the backyard was just all overgrown. You know what I'm talking about? And I, I'm telling you, man, it, it wasn't just a few weeds. I'm telling, like... Like, it was a jungle out there. You know what I mean? And it was like, we gotta, we're going to have to go to battle against that backyard. And so, uh, like, like any good uh, dad, I had to choose some uh, weapons of warfare. So I got in the car and I drove to Home Depot. And I got the stuff, man. These things. I mean, I don't even know what they're called. All the, you know, all the stuff and hackers and the whole thing, man. And got home and went in the garage and kind of started getting, a, got the family together, kind of a, get, our, get our war games together, right? Because we're going to have to, we're going to go to battle. And uh, I remember my kid just kept talking about the playhouse, the playhouse. You know, got to get, so finally, you know, you, know you, you, got, you guys go work on the playhouse. It's yours. You go work on it. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of get stuff ready in here, right? It wasn't like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And our kids come running around the house to the garage and they're just like screaming. They're like, ah, what? And we're like, what's going on? Calm down, calm down. Got them all calmed down. I said, Izzy, what, what happened? She's like, well, we opened the door to our playhouse and there was a wasp nest in there. And man, the second we opened the thing, walked in, they, they started coming out and buzzing all over our heads. So we just took off running and they were following us and and then just on to these wasps, these wasps, you know, I can't, and, and, and she went, and you know what, like, I don't understand why they were so mad at us, right? Why were they, so, they're so confused, why were they, we didn't do anything to them. And I, we kind of laughed, and we were like, honey, you know, you actually did do something to them. Uh, you, you're, you're taking back what was yours, <laughs> and, and they ain't having it. <laughs> they aren't happy about it whatsoever. And here's the thing, just like those kids, man, just like those kids, when you're what, taking back that playhouse, those wasps not having it, I'm telling you right now, when you begin to walk with God, when you begin to experience all that he has for you, it's going to tick off the enemy. And he will come at you with stuff. That's just the reality of how it is. And I'm a, I'm a testimony of, of, of that reality. And so Joshua 10 really starts by explaining 
that Gibeon, now not Gideon, that's a whole other story. Gibeon was an enemy of Israel and Gibeon decided to make a treaty with Israel. Gibeon decided, if you can't beat them, join them. Right? They're like, we're not, we're not, we've heard stuff. And you know what? What do you guys want? Right? Like, they're like, we want to join your team. And so the other kings of the region, they now have become aware of what's going on with Israel and its leader, Joshua, and that they hear also that, that Gibeon has joined with Israel, and that really made them mad. So the other kings decided to attack Gibeon, all right? Here's what I want to do. I want to add like a, like a sub-point to the first point. I rarely do this, but it just, it just worked out this way. Here's the sub-point, and that is your advancement and alignment attract attacks. When you begin aligning yourself with what God wants to do, when you begin consecrating yourself, right, setting yourself apart and moving into what he has for you, you not only get attacked, but the people that have aligned themselves with you, they experience the same attacks from the enemy. Why? Because the enemy is freaked out. They're scared. The enemy is scared, man. Oh, man, there's more of them now. They're in agreement, right? They're unified. And so the Gibeonites sent word to Joshua of what's happening. And so Joshua once again prepares Israel for yet another battle, another battle. And here's what I want you to see this morning. Until now, Israel has attacked one city at a time. One army at a time. And now the children of Israel, they have an opportunity to take five cities at once. And by doing that, they would gain a whole large control of a big chunk of Canaan. Harder battles, but far more territory gained. All right? So that first thought that I have, your advancement, right? It'll attract attacks. When you align yourself with like-minded people, they'll experience some of those attacks as well. Here's the second thought that I have, and that is, your perseverance presents his power. All right, so let's go back to the text. Joshua 10, starting in verse 7. This is what it says. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, here it is, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. But here's, here's what I want you to know, because you're going to see it here. We serve a God that desires to operate with us. We, we serve a God who wants to work with you. This is just who he is. And this isn't necessarily a very fun thing to preach, friends. But, but he loves when we're willing to do our part. He loves it when we're willing to give everything that we can, right? And in our weaknesses is where he shows up. This is just how it works. God says, you do your part. You step out in faith. You, 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 you don't allow yourself to walk in fear. You don't push back. You take a leap of faith, and I will show up in the areas of your weakness. It's, it's, I've experienced this so many times in my life. Verse 9, after an all-night march 
from Gilgal. Now, many theologians believe that that march was 25 miles with a 4,000-foot incline, all right? So all night long, they're marching 25 miles. It says, after an all-night march, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them, the enemy, into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Here's the thing. When we're willing to lay it all on the line, when we're willing to get in the march, (laughs) yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be long. It's going to be scary at times. But when we're willing to give it all to the point that we have nothing else to give, nothing left in the tank, that's when the Lord loves to step in. This is how he works, right? And I love how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You see, when Paul wanted an easier road, this is what the Lord responded to him. Verse 9. But he said to me, here it is. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, meaning my strength, is made perfect, meaning made complete, shown in its fullness, in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul's saying, I'm stoked about having nothing left, right? Like, I'm pumped up because I know in my weakness, when I'm tired, that's when, that's when the Holy Spirit shows up. And and makes me stronger. Verse 10. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is totally counterintuitive to your flesh, by the way. (laughs) Like, your flesh does not, your, your, your being doesn't want this. But this is kingdom, these are kingdom principles here. So let's go back to the text. Joshua 10. Look what happened here. They're given everything. Look at this. Israel Underline it, pursued them, like tenacity. They went after them along the road going up to Beth Haran. And I love this description here. And cut them down all the way to Ezekah and Makeda. So these people, they're, they're not quitting here. This army's not quitting. And as they're giving their all, like as an act of worship unto God, the Lord shows up supernaturally. Watch this, verse 11. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Ezekiah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Friends, when we've done what, what all that we can do, I'm telling you, he will show up, and sometimes he shows up in weird ways. Sometimes he'll throw some hail down. And you'll be like, I, that, I, that, I never had that thought before. Of course you didn't, because your ways are not his ways. And I praise God that my ways aren't better than his ways, that's for sure. Jump back to 2 Corinthians real quick. I love this. It says, Paul writes, for for though we live in the world, this is huge, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, look at this, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, I'm a kid of like the late 80s. And when I was a kid, there were some great, Great movies in the late 80s. There was one, just a classic. It, it, I think it won all kinds of Academy Awards. 
It was called Crocodile Dundee. It, I mean, you talk about an Oscar. I'm, you talk about a performance, man. Incredible. The gist of it is a, is a guy by the name of Nick Dundee, right? And he's from the bush in Australia. He's got the leather jacket and the hat and the, all the stuff. And the story goes, like, I don't care how, what the whole thing, but like, he ends up moving to New York City of all places. And he like fits the definition of like fish out of water. You know what I mean? And so the whole movie is him like, like you know, like, like, like experiencing New York City for the first time. And it's like kind of like wacky uh, comedy. You know what I mean? And there's this one scene, it's like the most classic part in the whole movie, where he's like out to eat with, uh, uh, he's on a date with, with a, his girlfriend or something. And they're like, you know, it's, it's night in New York City and, 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 and the bad guy shows up, right? And it's, you know, you know the switchblade, you know what I mean, pops in and he's like, give me your wallet, you know? And, and Nick's, Nick Dundee's kind of looking at it and his girlfriend's like, Nick, give him your wallet. And he's like, he's like why, you know? And he's like, well, be, be, because he's got a knife, you know. And remember the scene? All of a sudden he goes, starts like, that's not a knife. And he pulls out this giant buoy knife, right? And he's like, that's a knife. And all of a sudden, man, all the criminals take off running, right? That's not a knife. See, the enemy <laughs> thinks that his knife, the enemy thinks that his weapons, his tactics have power over us. He thinks that his knife is the knife, but I'm telling you, that's not a knife, right? Because the scriptures refute that. The scriptures are clear. The Bible is clear that not only is that not true, the Bible is very clear. We just read it that we use different kinds of weapons, different ways of going on the attack, more effective and more powerful. And they are what is referred to as spiritual weapons. Spirits, that's not a knife, right? That's a knife, right? And let me just show you right here. What, what, so you say, what are spiritual weapons? Well, look at this. Ephesians chapter 6. This is, I want to just encourage you today. Verse 10 says this. Finally, look at this. These are direct orders that Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not yours. His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Maybe you're familiar with this. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Because he's got them. He's got schemes. I didn't say he doesn't have them. He's, he's got somewhat of a knife. right? He'll use whatever he's got. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, here it is. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Look how it doesn't say not hide. It doesn't say run and hide. It says, no, stand, stand. We were just singing that song and it was like, I don't even, I don't even tell them to sing it. I love that. I'll stand with arms wide open, right? Like just like, ah, love that. And after you have done everything to stand. That's what I was just talking about, perseverance. Perseverance. And then he lists, he lists all the various pieces of the armor, the belt of truth, the uh, breastplate of righteousness, the feet, the shield, the helmet, all the things. Up until this point, those are all um, defensive uh, parts, right? They're all protective except one. 
One is an actual weapon that you can use. And he says it right here. He said, and the sword of the spirit, which is what? It's the word, the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, all right? So your perseverance presents his power. And here's the third thought, and the band's going to come back, and then we're going to receive communion here in just a minute. And that is the last of the three uh, basics of spiritual battle, and that is your confidence is crucial. It's key, man. Your confidence is crucial. First John chapter 5, starting in verse 14, confirms this. It says this, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will. Now, you got to know his will. you got to know it, right? And if you're like, well, what is it? Lots of it's in the Bible, right? Verse 15. You got, so you got to read it. Verse 15. I love this. And if we know that he hears us, do you know that today? Whatever we ask, we know that we... We know that we have what we asked for. You see, I believe that so often our prayers go unanswered because we just simply lack the confidence that he's even hearing us to begin with. All right. Oh, I, don't, I don't think he's paying attention. No, my friend, you've got to believe that. So the real question is, what if God answering your prayer is contingent upon you knowing and having confidence that he hears you? Right? Maybe that's for somebody in this room today. Maybe it's just the confidence that when I say, hey, God, being confident that his ear perks up. That's, that's the God that we serve, a God that hears you in the midnight hour. He hears you on your commute to work in the morning. All right? So let's, let's see what happens here at the end of this story. Joshua, verse 12 through 14 of chapter 10. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun stands still over Gibeon. What? And you moon over the valley of Ahalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jashar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. It wasn't something to make the battle, not something to make the battle easier. <laughs> Battle's still gonna be hard, really hard. So not, it's not about making it easier. It was something to make it possible yeah. to fight to the end. Yeah. God gave them a tool, a, a way of extending so that they could finish what he said he was already going to do for them. They partnered. God said, partner with me. Trust me. Step out. I'm going to do some stuff that you've never even thought. I'm, I'm going to make it just stay day a little bit longer so you can finish so you can finish. Maybe that's for somebody in this room today, right? God's extending a season in your life so that you're able to finish it. Man. He's not finished with you, right? 
Now you can receive that in your, in your own context, right? So take that on today. I love that Joshua was praying. I love it. He was praying out of a heart of passion to give more, right? He was passionate. He was saying, God, let me finish, right? He wanted to give his, his very best to him. Your confidence is crucial. Maybe, just, my, my friend, you're walking in something difficult right now. It's some type of a battle. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe, I, I've got some close friends that are walking through some health issues right now. And man, they're, they're, they're praying and they're persevering and they're, 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 they're praying for confidence. Man, yeah, of course we're, there's moments of weakness, right? Where we, where, we, where we get afraid or we begin to believe the, the lies of the enemy. You're human. You're going to do that from time to time. But in the same moment where you're sensing that, man, you can, you can reach out and the Holy Spirit's right there. Yeah. And he'll give you, he'll supernaturally give if you. You need confidence today, he'll give it to you. Right? You say, God, God I, tomorrow, man, I got to take that step. Right? I got to take that. God, I don't think I can do it. But with you, I can. I'm just going to take that first step. Whatever that looks like for you. Your alignment, it attracts attack. It's going to happen. I'm just, I'm just the messenger. You know, this is part of it. Maybe, maybe, you've, maybe you've believed a lie that the battle is because you've done a bunch of wrong things. Well, maybe, maybe it's because you're doing a bunch of right things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Maybe change your mind on that thing, right? That, that might shift the whole deal. Now it's like, all right, bring it on. Let's go. Bring it on. Come on. Come on. More, more, more. Right? And the confidence, it'll all, your perseverance it presents its power. He shows up when you keep going. Your confidence is crucial in all of it. Come on. We're going to receive communion right now. If you didn't get a chance to receive the elements, maybe you just want to raise your hand real high, kind of wave like that. And we've got some great friends that will get that to you. Awesome. It looks like everybody, everybody got the elements there. In fact, maybe we should just all stand. We're not going to be very long here. Now, by, by the way, communion really is only for the believer. So if you're not a believer, you're more than welcome to participate, but this doesn't have much meaning for you. This is, this is what Jesus said to his disciples followers. He said something's about to happen that you're not going to understand. But when it happens, forever on, remember what happened, right? And what I'm talking about, of course, is his, his death, his resurrection. And so there's a couple places in the New Testament where we read about this account. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, I'm paraphrasing, Jesus took some bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. He said, do this, remember me. Do, use this symbol to remember what I'm about to do, all right? So come on, this is a symbol. You almost wanna break it in your fingers like that. Maybe you're here today and you need a healing of some kind. You see, before Jesus went to the cross, if you remember the story, he received whippings and lashes on his back, the, the Roman guard, they beat him and they mocked him. He did all of that for your healing today. 
he, he, not only, he didn't just come to save your soul, which he did, thank God, but he came to heal you. Are you sick today? How is your sickness manifested? Is it a broken relationship? Is it a shattered dream? Is it, is it a past where you battle with shame and unforgiveness and bitterness? Whatever that is, it's because of what he did before he went to the cross. What he did for us, that's where we receive our healing today. So come on, let's just raise it up like, right, like this. Jesus, we stop and we obey you. We remember what you did for us. We remember how you did it on your own. We remember how those dudes who said they were your homies, your, your besties, they said that they would put their neck out on the line. It was lies. They, they didn't do that. At the very end, they walked away. They pretended that they didn't even know you. And so, Lord God, you, you gave your life alone, naked, physically naked, shamed, all for us. So, God, we take a minute and we thank you for your body that was broken for us. And we remember it. And we stop and we say thank you that you're our healer. You are the great physician. Maybe it's a... It's a um, mental health situation. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you just, you're, you're just ravaged by anxiety and fear and, and all of these things. God, I pray that you would heal minds today, Lord God. Heal physical bodies. Heal relationships. We receive our healing. In Jesus' name, come on, let's take it together. Paul goes on to say that in the same way that he took the bread, he, he, he took a cup and he held it up. And man, I wish I, could, I wish I could talk about this for an hour and a half, just the implications of what that Passover meal meant and what that symbol of the cup meant for those Jewish people. But Jesus says, this is my blood, right? This is, this is, a, this is a new, a new uh, the word is covenant. It's an old school word for promise, but it's so much deeper than a promise. It's, it's a contract. Jesus says that there's a new contract between me and the heavenly father. I, I am the final sacrifice. This is it. He said, whatever you drink from this cup, remember me. I'm reminded that there's new life in the blood, right? New beginnings, a do-over. Maybe you're here today and you, you just, you're like, Lord, I've, I just got to start over. I, I, I've, I've, I've walked down the wrong path. I've A, B, and C. I'm telling you, it's because, it's because of his shed blood. But you get a do-over today. In fact, you know what's amazing that I, I can't understand this? Never will. I just got to say it, though. His blood not only covers your sins of yesterday and today, tomorrow, too. Because you're human, and you're going to make mistakes in two weeks, and probably when you walk out the door. But this covers that, too. That's his love for you. Come on, let's just raise it up. If you're a believer in here today, this is, what, this is what separates us from other faiths, other religions, other ideas. He did it all already for you. There's no penance. It's just a gift that he says, take it. It's yours. I've paid it all. So Lord, we raise this cup and we remember your shed blood. God, we thank you that you did it for us because we couldn't do it for ourselves. 
So Jesus, we think about that. We, we, we have, a, we have a, a picture in our minds of you on that cross and, and you bleeding out for us the sin of humanity. And I thank you, God, that you did it while we were yet sinners. While, while, before we even said yes to you, you went ahead and you did it for us. Why? Because that's who you are and that's the type of love that you have for us. So God, we stop early part of May, the beginning of May, this first Sunday, and corporately, we say thank you for your shed blood. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that we can live a life on purpose, on mission. We don't have to question anymore why we're here. You love us, and you said, be my hands, be my feet. So we thank you for your blood. In Jesus' name, amen.